Hello, everybody. Welcome along to the Event Industry News podcast with me, James Dixon, wishing you all a very good morning, afternoon, or evening, whenever or wherever you tune into today's podcast from. And um, three guests on today's podcast, which is is unusual, but it means that I can take a nice back seat, um, not do much talking at all, and allow our guests to talk um, about everything that they know, which is probably much more than me. Um, anybody who tunes into this regularly will know. I know very little. It's our guests that are the real experts on this podcast. Um, and it's a subject that ties in with a number of other subjects and things that we've been talking about on the podcast in recent months. There are elements of um, cutting-edge technology. Um, we've spoken about blockchain. We've spoken about NFTs in the last year on the podcast. We've spoken about sustainability. And there is definitely a huge sustainability aspect tied in with some of the the stuff that we're going to be talking about today. Rather than me giving an introduction into the subject matter, which is what I usually do, I'm going to bring our guests on, first of all, um, one by one, say hello to them, find out a little bit about them, and that will hopefully add a little bit more context to what we're going to be talking about today. So let's kick off with my first guest, um, is Garm Lukasen. Garm is the co-founder at a business called Turf, joins us from Amsterdam today. Garm, welcome to the Event Industry News podcast. Thanks, James. Great to be here. Our next guest is uh, Alex Mazza, the Outreach Development Officer at the Cardano Foundation uh, and joins the podcast. Welcome, Alex. Hi, James. Awesome to be here. And uh, and our third guest, a hat-tricker guest today, Max Collishaw. Uh, Max is the Head of Digital at First Event and joins us from their base um, up near Leeds. Max, welcome to the Event Industry News podcast. Hi, James. Thanks so much. Um, and so there are three guests. Um, Garm, let's come to you first of all. And um, you are the co-founder of a business called Turf. Tell us a little bit about yourself, but more importantly, what it is that Turf uh, supplies and what you do. Yeah, so I'm Garm. I have a history in business informatics, actually a PhD in product management. And then I went into startup tech life uh, and did some work around blockchain and, and NFTs. Uh, and then a friend of mine, Ralph, uh, reached out to me uh, and started talking about uh, a concept that ultimately became Turf, which is cartographic art. So what we take is we take uh, the map of the entire planet and then we turn that into gorgeous cartographic uh, art or map-based art. Um, and we sell that to people who enjoy that art. But there's a uh, very cool twist, which is that every piece of earth is available only once in uh, our original collection and, and colors. And we leverage the technology NFTs to guarantee in a very transparent way that every piece of uh, this cartographic art is really available only once in this collection. Um, and then uh, sometime last year, we actually worked together with both First Event and the Cardano Foundation to gift a, well, um, collection of NFTs based on this cartographic art to the attendees of the Cardano Summit. Uh, and that has been really enjoyable. Um, Fantastic. Well, I'm going to stop you there because that's a yeah. nice sort of segue into into introducing Alex um, to the conversation. Alex, as I said in your intro, the Outreach Development Officer at the Cardano, Cardano Foundation. Tell us a little bit about, about the foundation, but more importantly, the summit. Yeah, thanks, James. So uh, as the foundation, we're the uh, neutral entity that uh, 
you know, brings together different aspects of the Cardano ecosystem, uh, which is super decentralized and distributed and, and our community is pretty much everywhere in the world. But what we t typically do is focus on three major uh, thematic areas. The first one being the operational resilience of our blockchain and the foundation. The next one being education about blockchain technology and Cardano specifically. And then the last pillar is adoption. And a key part of that is the Cardano Summit, where we try to bring together our community, celebrate it on an annual basis, but also expand this community and bring in people from other blockchain ecosystems, as well as people that are completely outside of this blockchain Web3 space. Fantastic. And that leads us nicely then to, to, to Max um, and First Event. Um, Max, give us a, a bit of an idea about what you do at First Event and then how that ties in with the summit. Yeah, so um, First Event, so we're um, an events agency based up in uh, Leeds. So we've worked with um, Cardano and their partners since 2018, organising various different events and summits. So um, it's massively grown over the uh, the past few years since then, starting off with you know, around 800 people in person to the hundreds of thousands all around the world. So um, we've been on a real journey with Cardano to help really grow and build this event as well. Mm. And, and Alex, the, the event itself, and, and anybody can can find out more about this. They, they just hop on on the um, on the website. I think it's summit.cardano.org um, is the website that I've been accessing the information. And really easy, uh, you know, to find out very very quickly what the summit is about. You know, the first sentence: the, the the Cardano summit is a global event for anyone interested in blockchain technology. That 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 says it all straight away. But uh, you know, you'll also see very quickly that this is a uh, an event that that has a physical presence, an online presence, and is based across multiple, <clears throat> excuse me, locations. So, tell me a little bit about how the relationship with um, with Turf NFT came about, and why you maybe sort of thought, right, there's some value here in how we actually um, engage our own community. Yeah, so that's right. Uh, last year we had a main summit location in Lausanne, Switzerland. This year, it'll be in Dubai around the same time in November. We have an online platform and then we have, well, last year we had 50 plus community events uh, that were organized by our community members, supported by the foundation and first events. And this year we'll kind of shorten that a little bit to 20, but really concentrate that. And really, it's a global, it's a really global event. And, um, you know, the collaboration with Turf kind of came naturally uh, because of, this innovative approach to having kind of a global summit of sorts. And that really represented itself so well in the uh, cartographic art uh, that uh, Turf NFT had created. But actually, the, the reason uh, and how we started working with Turf is they reached out to us looking to support some uh, NFT for good uh, efforts. Uh, they had an idea to support uh, the ongoing refugee crisis in Ukraine, uh, you know, last year when it, when it started, continued uh, our conversations when it came to the summit. And that was the first actual bit of work that we did together. And more recently this year, and related to events, we worked with them and uh, UNHCR to create two collections at uh, Paris Blockchain Week and then at Consensus to uh, raise funds for uh, charitable organizations that focus specifically the UNHCR, the UN Refugee Agency, the focus on uh, 12 underfunded crises in the world, as well as Ukraine. And Harm can tell you a lot more about that. Yeah, well, well, well j jump in there, Harm, because the, the, um, the, 
the idea of, of NFTs, I suppose, within the events industry anyways, is still something that in the wider events industry is still, I suppose, fledgling, that, that there are a lot of people within the events industry who's, who have heard the phrase, they have a basic understanding maybe about blockchain technology or what an NFT actually is. They'll have heard it on the news, for example, but they still don't understand maybe what the tie-in is is to the events industry. And uh, is, is this particular relationship maybe um, an opportunity to, to maybe start educating people who are involved in, in events and, and the wider communities um, in, into what NFTs are and how they can actually deploy them? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think there's lots of different ways to think about NFTs. Um, like a lot of the things that you read about in the news are all about very high valued pieces of art that are being sold for millions or hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, but that's only the small part of this technology that you see make those headlines, right? And I think at its core, I think of it mostly as an ownership certificate of something that's very transparently visible uh, using a piece of technology, a blockchain that is accessible by anyone that has an internet connection around the world. Um, so it's sort of an easy way to codify ownership of something in an official manner without it requiring a trusted party like a notary or, or a government. Um, and it's used for a wide variety of things. It's mostly mm. digital art, but we also see a lot of instances of physical art or sneakers or even real estate is happening now. Mm. Um, I and think... I suppose it is, I, I, I would, I think I've referred to it before as digital authenticity, you know, in a, you know, in the way that you'd buy a piece of art or in a collectible item, for example. And, you know, you maybe get, you know, historically, you know, a, a physical certificate of authenticity that could easily be forged, you know, could, could easily be copied. And this is a way of sort of digitally authenticating an item, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And that's really cool because it allows you to, uh, hand out gifts to attendees of your event at scale, but with unique twists added to them. So for instance, with the Cardano Summit, we handed out uh, these digital NFTs based on Turf's cartographic art to attendees at 50 plus locations around the world. But every attendee at these different locations, they got a different style of NFT based mm. on the map of the city that they were attending and highlighting the exact location that they were at at the event now. And we also added another sort of second twist, which was the gold NFT. You had a 1% chance of getting a gold variety. And then if you had a gold one, you would get a the possibility to get a print of the NFT sent to your home. And mm. people just went absolutely crazy for that. They love that gamified aspect. They enjoyed engaging with it. And it truly became a sort of, yeah, uh, fun gamified treasure hunt almost experience for, for people. Uh, and we saw massive positive um, aspects to that. Aside from purely the gifting aspect and having people uh, enjoy that, I think there's also huge opportunities to um, A, sell sponsorship slots for event organizers. Like you can easily find ways to put logos of your sponsors on there or sell special sponsor uh, packages in a digital format. And you could even embed 
uh, the QR code of the entry ticket to the event onto the NFT itself, for instance. Mm -hmm. uh, and then instead of sending a relatively dated PDF document to your attendees, why not just send a link to the NFT directly? People open it up on their phone. Maybe you can even show some visuals while I'm talking about this. <laughs> um, uh, and they could really get a little bit of wow because they are seeing the location that they are at at that particular moment spotlighted. So I think there's loads of opportunities to leverage this technology in a fun way for the uh, events industry. And this this is perhaps where Max can can jump in because from a, a I suppose an organizational point of view, a production point of view, um, your role of head of, head of digital, a, a, an agency that ultimately is responsible for producing and, and delivering the, the physical manifestation of the events, whether it's online or or the in person side of things. Um, the, the the first thing that that sort of jumped out to me when when I was reading about this is that uh, these high level events and and this is what i would consider certainly sort of it, it, we're sort of premier league level here of 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 events um gifts are common practice and have been for years you know attendees at these type of events will be gifted physical items and a huge aspect of the events industry now is geared towards sustainability it's a massive talking point and straight away i thought this type of technology is certainly going to play a contributing part in any sort of drives for sustainability, because we can move towards removing the need for physical gifts or, you know, re redemptions to be given out to, to delegates at events like this. Yeah, definitely. I think it's, it's such an important point. Um, I think with, with an event like this, with it being so global, having those 50 locations, you know, to get gifts or swag, you know, uh, printed, delivered to all those locations, massive logistical nightmare, but then also a massive cost involved as well and not very sustainable. So having the NFTs really um, sort of gave that, it gave that person, person personalization side to it because that NFT was based on your location. It was personal to you. Um, but then also it's that memento, that memory, memory to take away, which I think is great getting a branded water bottle, but then you're going to drink it, use it, probably throw it in the bin. Whereas the NFT, that's there for life. You've always got it. You can always use it and look back on it. And I think like Garn was touching on as well with, you know, having a QR code on there, which becomes your entry ticket. You know, a lot of people now with um, going to festivals and gigs saying, it's really sad that I don't get a printed ticket anymore. But if we could give you a digital NFT ticket, that's a really great way that you've got that that keep safe, that, that take home and that thing to remember the event from. So mm. I think it's really important. And within the event itself, within the virtual platform, you had to um, complete a, a sort of a, a, like a bit of a game in a way. You had to find these, these coins, which showed you facts about Cardano and that allowed you to then mint the NFT. So... It was really good because it allowed the attendees had to work. They couldn't just come in, get the NFT, and that was it. They had to um, learn about Cardano, learn about the event. And that, was again, was a really good way to, um, you know, help to educate the community about, about what was happening with Cardano and the event to obviously get that NFT. So um, it was a really and, good way to sort of, yeah. And that type of reward, Alex, is, 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 is just not... I suppose that that process that the delegate has to go through then in order to 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 obtain you know the, the NFT is perhaps not achievable with a traditional physical item you know you couldn't take somebody on that digital journey through your event platform which is ultimately giving more exposure to some of the content that you're wanting to discuss during the event so it, it, all of these little benefits start start becoming apparent don't they when you take and you can take somebody on that digital journey yeah, that's right. I mean, um, when when you when you look at these things, it it will typically bring you know the online world to the physical world, right? 
Uh, last year at the Cardano Summit, we had this yeah, treasure hunt uh, that Max mentioned uh, happening uh, through uh, the event itself virtually. But what, uh, you know, broader use of you know, tokens, just generally non-fungible tokens are purely those that are unique, whereas fungible tokens are those that can, you know, you can have many of and aren't unique in themselves. And both of these could be used as digital items to incentivize uh, event participants to uh, join in different types of activities. And, and we see these being very well executed at uh, blockchain or crypto events. Um, but, you know, the gap between the traditional uh, events industry and, and these crypto events is not really that distance, right? There are tools mm -hmm. that make it easy and seamless for traditional uh, event organizers to use these kinds of tools to um, engage with their audiences. I think a key part of this is uh, thinking of uh, potential clients and leads as a community that might want to join you at uh, different events. So just to give you an example of you know, what this could look like for a brand, right? Uh, they could reward their NFT, uh, their kind of uh, visitors at a particular session or a booth at one of the conferences that they have at the beginning of the year, and they repeatedly do so and can build some level of customer loyalty. They can have these touch points and perhaps at a later stage, once a number of NFTs are gathered, then kind of unlock some swag, uh, some more premium swag that reduces costs, that increases uh, customer retention, all these types of things. And I think you see that happening with different brands that uh, do expos at, at Web3 summits uh, and that type of stuff. Uh, but really, it is about kind of connecting the online experience with a, a, a more physical one as well. Because at the end of the day, we go to these events to meet in person. And if we do that online, we're still going to try to chat uh, using chat rooms and, and other kinds of uh, solutions. Yeah, and, and you're right. And, and one thing I'm seeing here is that obviously your, your event, the Cardano Summit, is, is all geared around the blockchain community and the Cardano blockchain community and the wider blockchain community. But that's not to say that because you obviously want to uh, adopt elements that have a relevance to that block to blockchain technology, that what you're doing can't then be adapted, Max, into what other events are doing for completely different, you know, clients for completely different um, industries. For example, you know, a lot of physical event events now will have a dedicated digital platform that run alongside it so that when people are at the event, they can engage, they can set up meetings, they can check event schedules. So what's being delivered at an event like this that makes it might seem really niche and specific is actually having some relevance to what you could then do with other clients, presumably. Yeah, definitely. I think in terms of, um, I think a, re a reward and recognition is really important in terms of how you could use NFTs at other events. So, um, you know, if you have events over a 10 year period, you could look at years of service to various members of the team and they can be given NFTs based on that. Um, but then again, yeah, in terms of different event types and even different sectors that um, events are going to be run from, it's just seeing that how you can use this technology, harness it to documents different events to um document milestones and things like that as well so it's really a case of just thinking about the event what you want to get out of it and then how we can adopt this technology into it and i think as well with with nfts themselves they're so adaptable and we can really you know make sure that they um really make sure that they fit into the event and they meet your sort of object objectives as well yeah and and, and slowly but surely gum i'm guessing that the, the 
the the the the, the message as somebody who works specifically with NFTs, the, the as a community, are you seeing that the, the understanding of of what they are and what they can do is is either slowly or quickly developing? Um, are you still struggling to explain it to a lot of people as to what what it actually is and what the technology is? Or generally, are you seeing that people kind of get it a bit more than they would have done two years ago and, and four years ago? Two years and four years ago, uh, for sure, because it's a super uh, recent phenomenon. I think that um, the, the pace of understanding development has slowed down a little bit. I think a lot of people understand on the surface what it is, but they haven't truly wrapped their heads around the full potential of, of what could be done here. Like what Alex was talking about, uh, for instance, series-based NFTs, where uh, as you visit multiple events years uh, after one another, or even multiple within a year of the same organizer, that you could unlock multiple uh, uh, different levels of mm. NFT-based uh, gifts. That's something that I am super excited about, but a lot of the uh, event industry professionals that we're talking with aren't ready for yet. It's very much the, the first engagement of a single event first, test the waters a little bit, see how it works, and then uh, talk about the, the, uh, the further exciting uh, concepts down the line. And that's totally fine. But I do see that especially a lot of people within the events industry uh, understand intuitively what the potential of this could be for sustainability, engagement, and wow reasons. Um, but because it's still a little bit new, there's also still some hesitation at times around, okay, are we really ready to introduce this new concept into the mix already? Or do we wait a little bit until it's further proved out? Um, that's at least a little bit of the dynamic that, that I'm seeing, but so curious what Max's take is on that so far. Yeah, I think with that, I think now we've got the summit as this fantastic case study to show how we've implemented um, the NFTs into, into a live event with a virtual aspect. You know, this is a massive global event with uh, you know tens of thousands of attendees all over the world. So when you're looking at events of that scale and that size, it's a really simple case study. But then obviously for those smaller events, those more you know um, more detailed events as well, it's it's a great way to use that see the lessons learned see what's gone really well and then yeah implement those into other event types as well for sure and mm. I, 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 just to sort of throw a thought into mix in this is i don't intend to dumb the, the 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 dumb down the level of technology but i've spoken to people before about you know nft technology and paralleled it with qr codes which were around for years and never really sort of took off and then all of a sudden we had a scenario post pandemic where you went back into restaurants and bars and everyone was like oh that's what we can use qr codes for and it was almost like overnight the world realized how to use a qr code and access it despite the technology having been around for a while and i kind of uh, you know i'm not the you know some sort of prediction oracle or anything like that but i kind of see this as having similarities where it's available it's being used at the moment but there will come sort of almost a point where suddenly it explodes and and everybody just gets it there'll be like a you know a period of time that we go through maybe 3 or 6 months where suddenly people start 
the penny drops and they realize how easy it can be to access it you know a, a bit of technology on your phone that they're already carrying in their pocket and as i said i don't wish to dumb down the technology by any stretch because you know it's, it's vastly sort of superior to what qr code but in terms of its principle and it being around and then having a a sort of a driver and a moment where suddenly everybody realized how to use it and how easy it was. And it just then becomes part of day-to-day -day life. Um, I, I think that's, that's potentially where this, this technology could take us. And certainly something I wanted to ask Alex is, is, is how is it uh, as a long-term sort of strategy, how you see NFT technology, you know, offering even more to, to, to the, to the delegates and as part of the operations of, of the summit, because, you know, we've had people on here talking about NFT ticketing to prevent, um, you know, uh, ticket touting and, you know, ridiculous resale values on concert tickets and things like that. Do, do you see being able to actually, have you got ideas in place and a roadmap to maybe develop the technology further within the summit and, and other aspects and things that you can deploy within them? So right now we, we're definitely looking at the summit as a testbed for how we integrate Cardano NFTs uh into into some of the events that we have um in terms of the broader roadmap we have incredible uh you know service providers artists developers creators in the community that come up with these uh solutions uh whether it be for events specifically or for other types of use cases uh that nfts might not be just purely about you know a representation of something that looks like art um well that is art um when it comes to kind of adoption from the events industry, I think you could maybe look at it from kind of three different ways. And, and from the brands, the exhibitors that are participating in these, from the events uh, themselves, and then from uh, the delegates that would go to these events. I think a key, uh, a key aspect to this is brands that understand that uh, NFT uh, technology can actually be used for uh, loyalty building across different events, uh, across different geography, geographies, and really, instead of seeing purely client bases, seeing communities, because this is also kind of a flip in the mindset that we see in, in the Web3 space, where we not only see users of a particular blockchain as users, but really as contributors to the value creation that exists there. I think in some sort of way, uh, consumers are that to brands, but they're not yet, uh, at least at a, at a global level, being seen in that, in that way. And so NFT technology kind of allows that a little bit more. With events, it's about breaking these uh, glass ceilings and, and having uh, event organizers like First Event kind of you know, pioneering some of this work in organizing these types of events and showcasing you know, use cases and the, the value uh, that it creates, uh, first off, for your organizers, but also maybe the costs that it can reduce uh, on that side as well. And, and and interesting, Max, that, that I was just talking to somebody a few weeks ago, <clears throat> excuse me, at the Event Tech Live um, show over in, in Las Vegas, that um, community is still this buzzword in the events industry, but there's almost like... Um, uh, uh, a difficulty because there are so many event platforms out there at the moment that events are, are deploying. They're all, they're all sort of fighting for their their place in the community um, and this drive to create three six five communities for events to maintain interest and maintain engagement. Um, and, and I'm just seeing that maybe, uh, like Alex was saying there, their NFTs have definitely got a part to play in this when you're talking about building, <clears throat> excuse me, long term audiences. 
Sorry, guys, I've just got a, a thing on here. I'm just going to pause for a second. There we go. Sorry, I just had a, a, an admin notice on here. I'll uh, we'll, 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 we'll chop that bit out. Um, coming back to you, Gum, about the um, the, the, the storyline um, and and going from uh, what you've originally done for the Cardano Summit and how that's going to um, to, to to develop and then expand, you know, but beyond there, you, you mentioned that you know turf has broken down you know the the the, the globe so that there's a unique piece of artwork a, a available for for each given location i was just wondering whether or not you may be able to sort of give some more specific information on that and how it's broken down you know it, it, how many you know individual pieces are there does that mean it's, it's, it's effectively a, a finite amount of artwork that exists out there in your world awesome great question well the earth is pretty big um, we've broken it down into squares of two by two kilometers. And I believe there are about 600,000 squares of um, habitable earth available on our platform. So that's really a lot, right? Hmm. Um, so theoretically, yes, there is a finite amount available, but also there's still a lot to choose from. Um, so if people are interested in that, they can go to turfnft.com and, and check it out. I think what's cool is for especially the event collaborations, we tend to create an entirely new artwork that uses the same sort of cartographic underlying data, um, but uses completely different themes based on the events, colors, and branding, and its sponsors. So it's a little bit disconnected from that. You can definitely see the connection to the original uh, artworks. And we always work with the owners of those NFTs to make sure that they're OK with us using it in this in this way. Um, mm -hmm. But it's, it's definitely a, a bit of a different artwork. And you can have uh, as many of those as you like. Um, so those are, I would say, infinite in its in its variation. Sure. Um, I actually also wanted to comment a little bit on the QR codes uh, uh, thing that you mentioned, because Please I think do. it's a really interesting analogy in that QR codes first were a little bit this clunky technology that didn't always really work. And then sort of the COVID pandemic plus massively better cameras on our mobile phones made it possible to be used in a lot of different ways. And I do think that it's, pretty apt analogy in that NFT started out at this as this really uh, technology people focused concept, uh, but it's starting to penetrate the mainstream more and more. And like together with the Cardano Foundation and all of the other different um, uh, uh, companies that are building within that space, such as NMaker, for instance, we're also making it increasingly easier for people to buy and receive and own these NFTs. So where previously you had to do a lot of things on your own that are fairly technical, now we've built integrations where the delivery of the NFT is basically just an email that we send to your delegates, um, which makes it a lot easier and makes also prepares the NFTs for their QR moments uh, a little bit uh, more. Mm. Um, yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased that you agree with it, and, and, and that there's some sort of vindication that maybe it wasn't as dumb a, uh, a question as, I th as or, or, or analogy sure as, as, as I thought it might be. Um, a really important question that I must ask Alex is um, 
the what was the response like from the actual delegates? Because I presume you you go to the effort of planning this and delivering this, and there's a huge investment both financially and logistically and with your time to, to put something like this together. What was the actual response like from, from the recipients and from the de delegates of the summit? I think it was overwhelmingly positive. Uh, I think it, it added a lot of value to the local events. Uh, it, 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 we saw some people that went off to try to collect as many of these NFTs as possible to have kind of a full collection. Um, because these people are typically more Web3 native, they fully understood how and why uh, this was interesting for them. So they, are, they really understood the value proposition. Mm -hmm. um, but when we you know, tried out the NFTs uh, for charity fundraising at an event uh, at Paris Blockchain Week and then at um, Consensus, what we saw was that it was a really kind of engaging physical piece to have uh with us uh on the ground uh, which was essentially a qr code that would take you back to the page uh that would allow you to mint nfts in a very simple manner whether you were a web3 person that has a crypto wallet and has crypto to purchase this nft or somebody that simply has a credit card and wants to make a gift uh to a charitable cause you could use that in a very simplified manner um and I think responses were yeah, generally uh, quite positive. There was always questions about the environmental impact of NFTs, um, the safety, how to, how to ho hold this NFT and, and, and where to visualize it. So some more technical questions on these things, but generally super positive. And, and, and Max, if, if I could ask you then, in uh, first event's role in, in delivering this, this, this event, it has... Has it been a sort of a, a real benefit to you guys in terms of your understanding of the technology, being able to work on this particular event whereby the organizers and the people behind it are so familiar and clued up? They're the they're, they're leaders in this technology anyway. So uh, as, as, as a company who are responsible for deliver, delivering events for all sorts of different clients, presumably, has it been a sort of a really sort of productive learning curve for you guys? Yeah, it definitely has. I think um, all the Cardano events we've worked on, it's, I think, the, the Cardano's got such a really strong community that all come together for these fantastic events. And um, it really is something really special. You mentioned communities earlier. So it's definitely really important. I think for us, in terms of looking at other events and the use cases, because we've got this fantastic, really high level global um, use case it's really easy to then um, you know speak to other clients and other events to see how we can adopt this um, this technology into other events because um, you know it's really important as we said before from that sustainability point of view making sure that um, you know we're, we're being really conscious about the events I mean I know the event last year we um, did an event did an event carbon impact report that was in, independently assessed and then basically offset all that as well so so I think for the event this year, again, we'll be doing the exact same thing and making sure that we're assessing its impact and making sure that it's a lot lower than um, previous years as well. Mm. And, and and I suppose we, we should um, we should realise we, we sort of you know, pushing through time on today's podcast, um, mention the, the 2023 uh, summit, Alex. Um, we, we spoke about the uh, uh, the 2022 and, and the points of reference there and, and what you guys have learned. But anybody who goes on your website after listening to this podcast or watching today's podcast will see that it, everything is now already gearing very much towards towards this year's event. Um, a, a, a similar um, a similar concept is going to be delivered there. Um, where, where are you at the moment in terms of what people can expect from this year's summit? 
Sure. So they can find everything they need to find at summit.cardano.org. Uh, it'll be happening in Dubai from the 2nd to the 4th of November with 20-ish community events globally. These should be announced uh, shortly. And then, of course, with a virtual platform uh, for people that uh, may not travel or rather just like joining online. Mm -hmm. uh, what they can expect is three days of uh, really intense networking with the Cardano and blockchain community in uh, Dubai and elsewhere. Uh, there's a number of side events uh, that first events put together to really kind of prop up a lot of interesting aspects to the Cardano Summit, most notably our uh, awards evening. Um, and that's actually a really, really exciting bit that uses a different form of technology uh, where we use blockchain technology to have uh, transparent and immutable voting on chain where our community last year used our blockchain to vote on uh, different speakers that would be um, present at the at the conference, as mm -hmm. well as voting on which community projects should be recognized at um, at the summit. And this was also done in a way that made made it easy for both Web three and non Web three people to participate in the voting. Um, so yeah, we're really 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 looking forward to it. And yeah, Max uh, can maybe tell us a bit more on the on the digital side. Uh, yeah, jump, jump in, Max. Anything to add there before before we wrap up about this year's event? Yeah, I think with um, this year's event, it's um, again we've got the main stage taking place in Dubai, and that's going to be streamed to that virtual audience as well to all those community-led events. So we really have got one main stage, but that's that's being beamed across um, across across the world just to make sure that all, all attendees do have the option to um, listen in at home or at various community events as well, and mm -hmm. um, lots of other events and other surprises along the way that. Are, that are shortly going to be announced, I'm sure. Fantastic. Um, gentlemen, we've kind of reached time today and I'm conscious that before we wrap up fully, we've got a lot of sort of links and shout outs to get through. And I want to make sure that that um, that, that we get those out to people so that, you know, the objective always with, with this podcast is that people listen to it and maybe get a little bit of a taste or a flavor of a discussion or what we're talking about and then take it a little bit further and in their own time, you know, investigate it and, and, and do their own research. So um, let's sort of go in, in, in reverse order max um we'll start with sort of first event if people want to find out about you guys tell us tell us where they need to go yeah so the best thing to do is to uh, go on our website uh, which is uh, www.firstevent.co.uk um or you know you can find first event on myself on linkedin and drop us any messages as well so um we work all over the world globally uh based up in eden um but yeah work with various different events from conferences, incentives, exhibitions, um, lots of digital online things as well. So we've got in-house web design and uh, digital teams as well, which help to um, just broaden um, what we can offer to our clients and events as well. Fabulous. And um, Alex, uh, the Cardano Foundation and the Summit, if people want to find out a bit more about that, give us some of the really important links or, or where people need to go to. Yeah, sure. So for the summit, summit.cardano.org is where people should go. Uh, for the Cardano Foundation, cardanofoundation.org is our main website where they can find a ton of stuff about what we do and where we're working uh, to go as, a, as an ecosystem. And then, you know, traditional to crypto and Web3, um, we're very active on Twitter. Uh, so they can find us either at, uh, at Cardano uh, for the more kind of community-oriented uh, chatter and then at cardano underscore cf uh, for the cardano foundations um handles 
Fabulous. And finally to you, Garm Lucasum, because I come to you finally because you're the sort of, um, I would say, the, the driving force behind today's <laughs> podcast in, in getting everybody together. Um, so our thanks to you for actually being able to, to you know, pull a, a, a great panel. And it's felt in some respects almost more like a sort of a panel discussion at, at an event as opposed to, you know, one on one <laughs> podcast, which is great. But um, yeah, uh, finally to, to, to you, if people want to find out more about Turf and what you guys are doing, give, give us some of those important links. Yeah, thanks so much uh, again for making this happen, James. Um, yeah, go visit turfnft.com. You will present us with a beautiful cartographic map, but then there's also a menu and it has a link that uh, uh, is called Four Events and it takes you to a little bit of a presentation about everything we're thinking and doing uh, around uh, event-based NFTs. Um, aside from this cartographic art concept, we're actually now also exploring uh, other art styles, for instance, generating a metaverse avatar based on your delegates' uh, profile pictures or pictures of uh, wow. them at the event itself, mm -hmm. uh, or even creating um, AI-created cre memento art, where, for instance, we can blend a uh, event sponsor's logo into a specific themed uh, artwork that connects both the delegates' company and uh, the event theme together. A very simple thing might be an Apple Apple employee at a smart cities event. And then you could imagine a sort of, well, uh, logo bricks uh, picture with an Apple logo on top. And that can all be generated with AI now, which is also really fun. So mm. those are just some more futuristic, future-looking things we're exploring. And you can find uh, a lot more about that on turfnft.com or email us at hello at turfnft.com. Fabulous. And um, yeah, I I'm going to hijack this now because it it I'm going to give us give out some of our own links as well. If you are listening to the podcast today via your podcast platform, don't forget that you can watch video versions of the podcast by going to eventindustrynews.com or to the Event Industry News YouTube channel. If you do go to eventindustrynews.com, you can also find the latest news, features, special supplements, the A to Z supplier directory. So if you're looking for anything to do with organizing your event, a supplier, a piece of technology, you will chance find it on the uh, A to Z supplier directory on there. And also a little shout out uh, for Event Sustainability Live, the newly launched event uh, from the team at Event Tech Live. Um, that event is going to run at Excel in London in November. Go to Event Sustainability Live com to find out about that newly launched show. We've we've touched on elements of sustainability in today's discussion, and I, I don't think I can remember a podcast in the last six months that hasn't at some point touched on the subject of sustainability within the events industry. Um, so keep an eye out for that because the technology and everything that we've been talking about on today's episode um, is certainly going to play a part in that sustainability discussion going forward for the events industry. So yeah, event sustainability live is where to go there. And finally, if you are already watching this on the website today, because that's where you go to as your first port of call, don't forget that you can get the podcast as well, wherever you get your podcast from Spotify, Apple Podcasts, just search for the Event Industry News Podcast. You can get audio versions or all of those to listen to as they drop each week or to access some of the uh, 350 or so previous episodes that we have done so far. Which brings us nicely, um, approaching the 45-minute mark, to uh, the end of today's podcast. My thanks again to all three of the guests 
for joining us today. Um, all three of you, good luck with to, uh, with this year's event and your ongoing endeavours. And it brings us to the end of today's episode. My name's James Dixon. Thanks very much for joining us. And we'll see you on the next edition of the Events Industry News Podcast. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, James. Thank you.